This is the Pain Information Network. She's back. Welcome back, Andrea Trescott. Well, she did this little thing called writing a book. And it's just this little primer about 900 pages long. It's an incredibly thorough scholarly project that we've never seen. It should be in every library. Patients should be able to go to this and say, you know, I hurt there. And physicians, primary care, neurologists, orthopedists, neurosurgeons, pain physicians, physiatrists, you name it. They should be able to take this reference, which is an incredible document that is very thorough, excellent illustrations, and say, you know, i got to rethink this pain problem I'm treating. It isn't just the spine. It isn't just the muscle. It might be a nerve. It might be a nerve entrapment. It might be something kind of serious, but we can get to it. That doesn't mean surgery. That doesn't mean necessarily we got to go in and do something dramatic. It might be as simple as injecting local anesthetic. That would be a diagnosis, and that would be a therapeutic way to kind of say, there it is. Or it might be contributory to a pain problem that is very complex. So you're breaking it down. You're treating one step into the other step into the other step. And that's a good way to treat pain. It's rarely just one problem. So she she tells us this. She explains it well. Uh, she's one of these people that you can listen to on a very personal level, and she really gets down to the basics so that we all can understand, because let's face it, some of this stuff is so complex, but there's an incredible intellect behind it. So to build a book like this, we have to understand it didn't just take an overnight venture. She's worked on this for years, and this book is uh, one of the best I've seen of its type. And I am really looking forward to the deep dive in this one. She's very generous with her time, very generous with her uh, knowledge, and travels all over the world. She's a lecturer. She's an instructor. She's an author. She now has a book. And (laughs) uh, I don't know how she does it, but she's got uh, an incredible amount of energy. You'll hear it. You'll love it. And, you know, with my pleasure... Here she is. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> Hello, Hans. How are you doing? Well, for those that haven't listened to some of the earlier episodes, uh, Andrew Trescott is an internationally recognized author and educator and has a really big thing to tell us about. It's great having her on the show because every time she's on the show, I get uh, lots of response and uh, the enthusiasm, the the fun we have just uh, learning about all the really cutting edge stuff in medicine and the stuff we don't think about or we have forgotten. It just spews forth from Andrea. So a wealth of information. Let's tap a little bit about that. But now... Something happened within this past year. It was a gruel. It was a grind, and it has a few pages. Uh, you you published a book. I finally published a book that I have been promising or threatening, depends on which way you look at it, for many years. Uh, this is sort of a has been a real passion of mine: the concept of peripheral nerve entrapments, and it 
really started a long, long time ago. Back when I first started doing pain, I would find some people who had low back pain. But when I asked them to show me where it was, they would point to the top of the hip bone, the, what's called the iliac crest. And I'd push there and have to pull them off the ceiling because that's where it was hurting. And I started just injecting it, trying to see what happened. And lo and behold, a bunch of these people got better. And so I went to the anatomy books and hunted around and hunted around and finally found that this was the clunial nerve. And in fact, not just the clunial nerve, but the superior clunial nerve. Turns out there's a superior, medial, and inferior clunial nerve. And so if it's a nerve, then you put some steroids on it, and some of those patients got better. And if you if it's a nerve, you can freeze it. So I froze that nerve, and a bunch of people got better. And this got me thinking about peripheral nerves causing pain because I had never been taught this nerve in medical school. And I started, when I was doing my lecturing on low back pain, for instance, I would just do a, a survey. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of the clunial nerve. And occasionally, you know, one or two hands would come up. And so then I'd show the anatomy and the physical exam and what I was doing with it. And people would come up after my lecture and go, you know, I've got patients who've got that. Or they come up a year later and say, you know, I went to your lecture a year ago and I found that spot and I've been injecting it. It's amazing. It's really helped. And then I started looking at other places where patients were pointing to and saying they hurt. And I would go to the anatomy books, and sure enough, there was a nerve there, things like the infrapatellar saphenous and the auriculotemporal nerve. And so things that cause headaches and knee pain, and then the anterior cutaneous nerves along the abdominal wall that cause belly pain. And, and so I started coming up with a couple of concepts. One was this idea of pseudo-sciatica. So sciatica is the Greek word for pain going down the leg. And there, we've always assumed that people with pain going down the leg, that it was coming from a herniated disc. But these were patients that might even have a herniated disc, but where they were hurting wasn't where the disc was. And so I came up with this concept of pseudo-sciatica, or all those sorts of things that cause pain going down the leg but are not herniated discs. And that ended up being a lot of peripheral nerves. And so after these lectures, people would come up to me and say, gee, where can I find this information in a book? And I'd laugh and I'd say, well, it, you know, it doesn't exist yet, but when I write the book. So I finally, about three years ago, got approached by Springer Publishing to try and do a book. And I, they said, what would you like to do? And I said, well, this is what I'd like to do. And so I signed a contract. And three years later, I now have a 900-page textbook on peripheral nerve entrapments that just came out in hardback about two weeks ago. You said 900 pages. 900 pages. pages. <laughs> yes. You know that in textbook land, for one author, that is like uh, unbelievable. That's like well, single-handedly building the Empire State <laughs> Building. It, I do have 40 contributors. I put word out to a bunch of my of my former fellows and um, most everybody who who did a chapter in this book was somebody who um, I had trained and um, 
and I rewrote, I'm afraid I rewrote just about every, every word. Um, it, it just, I was so determined that this would have my version of the truth in, in it. And so, but I've, I've had wonderful collaborators. I've had, including your daughter, including my daughter, my daughter, uh, ended up being the model. I decided about halfway through that I really needed to have a picture of where people were hurting so that if somebody comes to your office and they say, I hurt right here, that you could go to the book and say, oh, well, okay, I know what that is. And then patterns of pain and she put up with um, uh, simulated injections and I had her, uh, she must have, st- she must have, posed for more than a thousand pictures. Wow. Um, I took MRIs and I colorized the MRIs and showed where the nerves were. And um, we did, I took um, dissections. Actually, I was very lucky. Um, those of y'all who've had the opportunity to go to Bodies, the exhibition, understand what I'm talking about. And those who have not, please, please go. It's an amazing presentation of dissections but this uh this these plasticized bodies came to seattle and i got a chance to go there several times with my fellows and at the very last day they were going to be in seattle they gave me a press pass and i went around and took pictures and those pictures are in the book some beautiful 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 dissections and dissections that I did in Budapest with a wonderful anatomist. Gabor is a um, is a anatomist. There's a there are many Gabors that I know from from Hungary, not the least of which is Gabor Rax, who wrote the who's an internationally known pain doctor who wrote the foreword of the book. But this Gabor is an anatomist, and he helped me dissect out a lot of these nerves. And um, we have I've got the landmark guided injections and the fluoroscopic injections and the ultrasound guided injections uh, uh, we've got the peripheral nerve stimulation and surgery and, and and each chapter is set up so that there is this is what the occupational or work or or injury history will be a picture of where they may be hurting a description of the pain they'll be describing a uh, the anatomy um, both in a written form and these wonderful dissections the there is also the um, what contributes to it what are the perpetuating what's the differential diagnosis diagnosis the the diagnostic tests uh, and then um, the the landmark guided injections, as I said, the ultrasound guided injections, the fluoroscopic guided injections, the surgical releases, the uh, peripheral nerve stimulation, the neurolysis, the cryo, RF, phenol, if it's appropriate, um, on uh, in 77 chapters. Yeah, so really geez. headaches and the nerves from the head down to the toes. So they're divided into headaches and facial pain. So facial and neck pain is a separate chapter because sometimes, and actually there are several nerves that go in several chapters, but they're rewritten for to put the emphasis on the area we're describing. Um, so face headaches, face and neck pain, um, chest wall pain, uh, upper extremity, uh, abdomen, pelvis, low back pain, lower extremity. So all the way down to the foot. So, you know, 
Though, well, it better be a labor of love because this is a situation you have, and I, I know well. You're not only an international lecturer and educator, but you also have a private practice. <laughs> yes, I have three clinics right now in Alaska. So I am. I have three offices: one in Anchorage, one in Wasilla, and one in Kenai, Alaska. So I'm. I rotate between all three of them every week. Yeah, and then. You see, the vast majority of people that pick up a book and read it, they don't understand that this knowledge just wasn't spewed forth. It had to be researched. So you're not only researching, you're writing, you're lecturing. Well, the travel is in there, too. You're in Alaska. Let's face it. Um, <laughs> it's hard to get from Alaska to just about any place else. Uh, no doubt. And and then you, you're responsible to, to a large patient population. So somewhere... You found time to sleep. That's a topic for another podcast. (laughs) As one of my friends said, when you get rid of those pesky habits of eating and sleeping, it's amazing what you can get done. Well, who's your target audience? Well, this is really designed for the practicing doctor. Well, not necessarily. Uh, I've seen those pictures. People want to know where they hurt. It should be in every library. They can go look at this stuff. They re- people get on the internet every day and they reference and Google. And if they could see those pictures and have an explanation down there, they could slap that in front of their provider of healthcare and say, "I need to see somebody that can handle this." You know. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. A couple of the articles that I've written um, in the past, I've had patients who ran across the articles um, and then would call would email me and say I have this and you know where would I where can I be treated I actually had one delightful fellow from Italy who emailed me and said I'm willing to come to Alaska but do you have anybody closer and I said <laughs> well I'm actually gonna, I'm actually going to be in Paris and sure enough he showed up in in Paris so that I could inject his knee and he wrote one of the first uh, reviews of this pain book um, on Amazon. So I've been very fortunate to to work with some really wonderful patients as well. That's awesome. So it's really geared toward, I guess, the healthcare professional. But it, I don't think you would say that in in totality because yeah, the, every pain doctor or pain provider should have it on their shelf. Everyone. And I think I actually think that family practitioners as well, because they have been limited to just sending patients to surgeons and um, and have been at sort of a loss of what to do for right. these patients. That's a good point. So it really, yeah, and physiatry, neurologists, yeah, you're, yeah, um, neurosurgery, orthopedic surgery. Uh, it was not written in layman's terms, and so that's the only. The only caveat I would give for um, for patients is that they're going to have to spend a lot of time on Google looking up terms because we, unlike some of the other things that I've written, like PainWise, which was a patient's guide to pain management, which was done in layman's terms, this was done for patients for people who have a background in the terminology. But that doesn't mean that that um, I, I have certainly had the anterior cutaneous nerve entrapment or acne syndrome is a great example. I've had patients who showed up with the abdominal pain, and I identified one gal, bless her heart, I had identified acne and the acne syndrome, and she started crying. And I said, what's the problem? And she reaches in her bag and pulls out an article that I actually have used since then um, in the book. 
And she said, I showed this to my surgeon and he just blew me off. And I said, well, you were absolutely right. You made the right diagnosis. That's exactly what it was. And so, um, unfortunately, in this day and age, I really do believe patients have to be their own advocate. So I have given a copy, a a PDF of this to uh, a group of my patients. And um, so it it may well be, as long as you recognize the potential for medical students' disease, which I'm very, very guilty of myself, where, you know, oh, yes, I have every one of those symptoms. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be a yeah. little careful about that. But yeah. um, it, it, there it may be a role for, um, for this for uh, patients as well. Okay, you glossed over something I want to I uh, swing back to. Pain-wise, it's pain-wise, W-I-S-E is a book she wrote with a couple of other really good uh, pain docs. And I have a link at paininformation.com directly to that book. That's Thank a good you. one to um, to read anybody that's got pain. Even healthcare providers, you learn a lot in that book. Well, actually, there's even a CME um, for healthcare providers. We did, um, if you go to Hathaly, H-A-T-H, E-R-L-E-I-G-H, which is the publisher, Hathaly Press actually has a 40 CME for providers as well, based on every one of the chapters. And so it was written for patients. The, we talked about how you that. choose a pain doctor. Yeah. Um, how you choose a pain doctor, what the very anatomy, the medications, and then um, just like a page and a half to a couple of pages on each of the procedures that an interventional pain doctor might do. There's a glossary of terms and even pictures of some of the things we do as well. So oh, I'm very cool. proud of that. That was one that we did. I did that one. David um, Cloth was the the leader in that thought. He's the lead author, and Francis Riegler and mm-hmm. I um, yeah. joined him in that project. Great pain docs. Well. What do you expect will be the significance of this book? What do you, where do you see it now, six months from now, two years from now? What do you think? I really would love to see this as a book that's used um, in training programs, pain fellowships, for instance. So uh, as I, I have sent a copy to each of my former pain fellows, but I'd like to see this in pain fellowships at the very least. Uh, I'd like to see it something that is um, used or at least in the library of medical schools. I've given one to my medical unit, my alma mater. Hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see this as a resource for that patient that you can't figure out what's going on. And um, certainly before you send patients to surgery, which can't be undone, um, looking at whether there's a possibility that it might be something else. So uh, yeah, that's true. You can't undo surgery. Can't undo surgery. And I, it never so, ceases to amaze me how anxious patients are to get to a surgeon so it can get fixed. Yeah, that isn't how it works. <laughs> it's not how. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time. I want to get surgery so I can be fixed. And. And don't get me wrong, surgery is fine if you have the right diagnosis. But I've used a couple of examples over the years. One is that I could do the most perfect appendectomy in the world to treat your belly pain, but if your problem is a gallbladder, taking out your appendix won't do any good. 
And the other analogy mm -hmm. I use is dental. So if you had a mouth full of cavities and a tooth that's bothering you, which is the one that's causing the problem? Because it may not be the one that has the most cavities on it. It may actually be one that doesn't have any cavities on it. And pulling a tooth that isn't causing the problem, it can't possibly make you better. Yep. So it's critical to make the right yep. diagnosis. And I hope that this um, ends up being part of the differential diagnosis. Yeah, that's uh, what we. That's a term we use, differential diagnosis, that we are – uh, being inclusive of it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. But we also have a saying, if you hear a hoof, uh, hoof uh, what do you say? If you hear hoofs, don't yeah. think zebras, <laughs> you know, don't think something that's incredulous. Think yeah. horses. I mean, think, you know, if it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, it's a duck. But well, one of the nice things is each chapter, <laughs> yeah, each chapter in my new book has also the differential diagnosis and what the distinguishing features might be and so it actually lays out what might be the differential diagnosis and how you make the distinction between each of those differential diagnoses yeah perfect so how do you get this book well you can go to springer.com um, and either download the pdf or order the book online it's also available on amazon and the um it is a and if they contact you and you contact me, um, I'm willing even to, to send out a PDF of the, of the book. I'll make an Amazon link, and that is incredibly grateful. Uh, I mean, very gracious of you. I know there'll be a lot of grateful people for that, that, uh, that giveaway. But um, I'll make the link, uh, the link. so paininformation.com and get it. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be clamoring for this, what we call evergreen. This is a, a legacy for you. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what folks also don't realize, when you put out a book and it's of this high quality and it's this uh, pretty much cutting edge and necessary, you're going to have to do another one, a revision. <laughs> I'm already do I'm already collecting information for the second edition. It's so funny. This is the good news is is that I really think I picked the 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 beginning of the swell. I review a lot of articles for several journals, and all of a sudden uh, there have been just an amazing number of articles coming out in the journals about the diagnosis and treatment of these peripheral nerves. So I've already got a whole file for the second edition and some nerves I want to add now to the second edition that weren't in this edition. So I'm already working on the second edition and it's only been out, the book's only been out for two weeks. So. Well, I'm going to have you back and we're going to talk about from some specific entrapments and specific nerves that are, that are not only a curiosity, but actually a problem. And uh, so count on that phone call. I'm going to be getting you back. <laughs> okay. As always, Hans, I love talking with you. And uh, we've, been we've worked together side by side here for a number of years. Yeah. And uh, once again, I know our listeners are very, very happy when you're on. I, I get the feedback. So take that. That's good. And I appreciate you every time you're on, Andrea. All right, Hans. Take care. <laughs> Stay warm up there. Bye-bye. <laughs>